What do you got this week? I'll tell you who placed higher than Patti LaBelle in the second season of The Masked Singer. It's infuriating. Michelle Williams. Which Michelle Williams? Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams. Okay. I also think that people sign contracts for the number of episodes they're going to be on. I don't for a second think that this is a scientific process. And I, I did. And, you know, my idealism is what took me away. But I mean, I do find that to be like too much of a farce for me to have Patti LaBelle competing and come in like eighth place. Okay. have nothing in my head one thing i can't get out of my head is caitlin jenner's rendition of tiktok <laughs> wake up in the morning feeling like he did grab my glasses out the door gonna hit the city before i leave i brush my teeth with a bottle of jack because when i leave for the night i ain't coming back i'm talking pedicures on my toes toes trying on all my clothes clothes Boys blowing up my phone, phone. <laughs> Top dropping, playing my favorite CDs, pulling up to all the parties. Gonna get a little bit tipsy. <laughs> Don't stop making pop DJ blow my speakers up tonight. I'ma fight till I see the sunlight. Tick tock on the clock, but the party don't stop. Oh, uh oh, oh, uh oh. What year did Caitlyn Jenner win the Olympics? 76. Okay, in 1977, could you imagine telling someone, showing them this clip and being like, this? (laughs) (laughs) Is the future. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what? An Olympic athlete like the most hardcore olympic athlete is in this weird fucking like i mean this this really is like running man it's this is like running man and that's what attracted me to it (laughs) because you know what i mean like it's so popular but it's still so insane just as a collage of images are all of these people professional judges now for a living on shows every just everything okay so nicole has done x factor yeah what did jenny do i don't know let me see how about robin thick duets What's duets? Oh, duets was a comp- singing competition where you duetted with someone. Okay. When was that uh, from? 2012. The judge doubles as a mentor who searched for singers across the country to duet with them as they perform in front of a live studio audience. Okay. It's just like American Idol, but you have a famous person with you and somehow that show bombed. Uh, only one season? Yeah. Wow. Jennifer Nettles? Who's that? She's from Little Big Town? She's in, um, sh- you know who she is? She's on uh, The Righteous Gemstones. She's She sings Misbehaving. Oh my God. That's Jennifer Nettles. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it says that it, that show featured her. Yeah. John Legend and Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. But I remember watching, like, I think it's Little Big Town that she's in. I remember watching them in the mid aughts on an awards show. And I was like, this woman is like... Well, I just thought she was like full on camp, but I saw her comedic potential even like in her group. And then she went on and she's like so good on that show. You wouldn't think that she's like a musician turned actor. I didn't know that she was at all. Yeah. I thought she was just a comedic actress. I thought she was just like funny. Yeah. No, she has like a phenomenally successful country music career. I had no idea. One of the 
biggest of... She looks really different. She does. Well, she had that perm wig yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Is that coming back for a I second don't know. season? I, would, I hope so. Did Jenny McCarthy ever walk back her um, anti-vax statements? I don't believe she has. Hmm. I bet it actually is really fucking fun to see this live. Yeah. Like, do they film this in Vegas? Because it feels so Vegas. No, LA. I talked to one of the girls that was in the audience because they kept showing her and I like kept featuring her. And then she got in touch with me and I was she like, did? yeah. And I was like, can I interview you? And she was like, yes. And so I was How like. How many did she go to? Well, she was featured in so many. That was the thing is that she was like really vague on all the details. I was like, when did it film? Did you know that they were filming you? Were you performing for the camera? She's like, mm, I can't really talk about production. But the first question I asked her was, how did you get to be on this show? And she was like, well, do you follow numerology? <laughs> oh <my laughs> and I was God. like, no, not really. <laughs> you know who did was Left Eye. Well, a lot of good it did her. <sighs> Too bad we can't get Caitlyn Jenner to do a cameo for us. I know. How much? $2,500. Yeah, no. I think that is so gross. That is gross because cameo is supposed to be a way for fans to actually connect with the people that they like. Right. And that's making it so elitist, you know? I feel like Mama June was the person that has had the most realistic valuation of themselves. Okay, right. <laughs> she was $54.99. Wow. That is, you know what? I would have paid more, yeah. to be honest with I you. I thought it was, I thought it would have been more. But I mean, I, honestly, I was like wondering when I was watching it, like how much of this is her just like not being that sharp? And how much of it is her not being, you know, that sober? <laughs> um, well, did you watch the show? It came back this week. I didn't see it. But she gained 60 pounds. She's supposedly sober. She's living with Gino, who gained 100 pounds in a Florida development near the rehab Gino that they went to. Gino gained 100 pounds? Yeah. Get I mean, that's what here. she said. The opening scene. How much did scene, she say she gained? 60. Doesn't, she's, not, she's wearing it well. Well, the opening scene is her in her underwear. Okay. Eating, making a milkshake. She's like, I'm going to make a milkshake. and Like a regular milkshake? No, because there's like tons of sprinkles that she's also like in it's the not, it's blender. It's like a protein shake. No, it's a milkshake. Um, but she's also like licking the sprinkles out of the container, you know, eating it by like pressing her tongue to the <laughs> container of sprinkles. That's how you meet her. And like, she does seem food high, but she, she's not necessarily not other high, even though they're saying that they're sober. Gino seems sober. Uh, what's it called? Hot or not? Family crisis? Oh my God. That's another thing. Yeah. What's no, the show it's called? called, it's called Mama June from not to hot road to redemption. Family crisis was last season. Oh, it's a new season, so the, the season a has new, a... Yeah, the season has its own name. Everything is Mama June from Not to Hot, because that's like the show. Okay, but so the last one was Family so, Crisis? Yeah, it deviated so much from that <laughs> concept that they had to give okay, it another title. now it's Mama title, June Road, Road to Redemption. Redemption. And then, assuming that she stays sober, guess what's going to happen next season? Mama June... From Not to Hot to Not to Hot. That's what they should call it. They should, I bet. I bet she's gonna like lose the weight again. But they should call it Mama June from not to hot to not to hot. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, from not to, to hot, hot to not to hot. From not to, to hot, hot to, to not, not to hot. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully she hangs in there. Wow. Wait. 
So Caitlyn Jenner has, people have paid 2500 Hi, Caitlyn Jenner here. I just want you to know, Timothy, that you have a great son, Vincent, contacted me. He said, first of all, <clears throat> I think it's so nice. You're a wonderful dad, a great dad. And wanted me in this video to wish you Merry Christmas. And I think that's so sweet. Uh, such a good kid. And you must be a great dad. She's so. acting like, um, <laughs> uh, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh my God. He's in Annie Hall. Christopher Walken. Oh, Christopher Walken. She's talking oh. like Christopher. She's she's Christopher talking. <laughs> What's Christopher Walken in Annie Hall? He plays her brother, and he's really weird, and he says like really weird shit to Woody Allen. Alvy. Hi, Dwayne. How's it going? This is my room. Oh yeah, it's terrific. <clears throat> Can I confess something? I tell you this because, as an artist, I think you'll understand. Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. <clears throat> right. Well, I have, to, I have to go now, Dwayne, because I, I'm due back on the planet Earth. Can I talk about Alan versus Pharaoh? All I will say is I thought it was poorly I, done. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the actual filmmaking yeah. and how... I didn't finish it either. Me neither. I couldn't. Like I, I, I watched... Up to the fourth one, and then I stopped in the middle of the fourth one. I was like, this is just go not even going anywhere. Why was this four episodes? This could have been done in a movie. I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but leaving Neverland felt earth-shattering to me. Yes. I guess because they're also having, like, in the wake of leaving Neverland, there were people who would, like, speak out for Michael Jackson, and that would be a controversy, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm not one of those. No. But there wasn't a lot of that too so it kind of just seemed kind of like to land it's also like no matter no matter what you think of any of the people involved a miserable experience yeah i mean leaving neverland was a miserable experience as well but there was an intricacy to leaving neverland that it was so visceral well the thing that you pointed out that was so like um groundbreaking about that movie and this did you know this is like the fourth time we're talking about leaving neverland in under a year i mean it's set a standard i mean it's like our favorite movie <laughs> no. the, the leaving neverland i did watch is it like twice op exact opposite of the king's speech because we like leaving, leaving neverland and we don't like the king's speech i see <laughs> on a scale of the King's Speech leaving Neverland. Yeah, that's our like standard. No, but I was going to say that what you pointed out that was so great about leaving Neverland and that made it so like poignant was that they had established this pattern 
this like clear pattern of behavior that was public public behavior of him with little boys all the time but like a new one yeah regularly a new one regularly sitting on his lap holding his hand in public this was a thing everybody saw tons of documentation of that so and then also the faxes that he would send to this other little boy and then their stories which we hadn't heard before you know the voice recording i heard the love in his voice there was they had just done a really good job at establishing a pattern with actual documentation yeah you know what i mean and this they didn't do that like their way of trying to establish a pattern of behavior was that they started playing all these clips from his movies saying that like manhattan primarily yeah that he had done like you know what 70 or 80 movies in his life and like 40 of them or have themes of like an older man with a younger woman right to put that all on that's society that is hollywood that is like that is Mia Farrow marrying her ex-husband, Frank Sinatra. Soon Yi was the same age that she was when she married Frank Sinatra, who was also in his 50s when they got married. It just felt like they were trying to make liking a teenager or someone in their early 20s the same as molesting the seven-year-old girl. I, I and, know. And that's the problem is that it's not. Like I, I actually don't know like the comorbid- the comorbidity rates and like I tried to find it online and I, I could not. It, it seems like there hasn't been any studies on that. And funnily enough, I mentioned a few weeks ago that when people conflate pedophilia with aphibophilia, yes. like I have an issue with that. Not that I'm endorsing either mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination, but you can call things their specific names and it seems to me a fundamental difference to be attracted to somebody who's prepubescent versus post yes also like no matter what the soon him getting with soon disgusting it's so fucked up it's so fucked up it's unbelievable in itself i know it destroyed this family you know it was traumatic for all those kids it was just so fucked up but it wasn't child molestation. Right, that, that was not. She was like 21 years old. She was 21 years old. And it's gross because he met her when she was like, I don't know, 14 or something yeah. or a little bit younger. But you do have to wonder that it's so transgressive that it does sort of make you wonder about his overall moral character if he could do something like that. Really shamelessly too. I know, but then it's like also the thing where like, then they got married and they've been together for like 30 years and they have these two kids it's also and true. they're so close. It's also I, true. It might just be that they fell hardcore in love like Mary Kay Letourneau and what was his name? Billy? Wait, wait, Billy? Wait, didn't we just do that? I think his name was Billy. Like, do you think, like, I don't know. I don't know if he's that kind of like sociopath that he's just going to like stay married to this woman for 30 something years and have a family with her. To spite people, you mean? Yeah, like, is that possible? I don't know. Did the documentary talk at all about Moses' accusations, allegations? Yes. And okay. they talked about his allegations, and then they spent a good portion of time refuting them. The basically stuff. saying that Moses was a liar about being abused, that they never once saw him being hit. Moses said, and Sunni said, that Mia beat the shit out of her when she found out about the affair. I mean, again, I did not watch these episodes, but what it sounds like you're describing to me is that one allegation of abuse is taken seriously as gospel 100% and -hmm. somebody else's, another kid from the same family, is systematically disabled these allegations. So he's a therapist 
Moses. Yeah. Now. And he deals with a lot of adoption trauma, he calls it. And I guess it's like kind of common or according to Moses, it's common that like when Asian kids are adopted, they're like treated differently. And Uh um, sometimes uh, when there's interracial adoption, the kids that aren't white or they're they're not like the ones that are, are like the parents, they're treated differently. And he said three of his siblings committed suicide. He said one shot himself in the head, the other one OD'd on pills, and then the other one he com- he considers it a suicide, but wasn't officially ruled as such. Yeah, she was. Um, she died of AIDS, like destitute and alone in the hospital. But he like sort of that's right likens it to suicide. Wait, so, so these are Mia's kids? Yeah, they're all adopted kids. There's and a, if you notice in the documentary, the only the white kids are on camera right. interviewed yeah. until the very end. Um, one of uh, the girls that she adopted, she adopted two kids like the week that the Sunni shit happened. See, I would have been is... like, Hey, I can't like, I can't bring another kid into this like crazy trauma. And it's like, why are was it you... a matter of her having this petition in for months and months and, and one... months? And then it finally came through at that point. What she says in her book, which I read and listened to is that, you know, once you're kind of in with the adoption in the, and that system, yeah, and they and they know that you'll take kids, and they, they'll know they know that you'll take kids who need special care. Right. They'll contact you and say, "Hey, we're trying to place someone. We can't find someone. What do you think?" And that's kind of how she put it. But like, maybe you should have like pressed the brakes a little bit on that. Like, you're starting a custody trial in this like horrific molestation case. Why do you want to bring two kids? into this like trauma and they have these issues that need like all of this extra attention and none of this is talked about in the documentary none of it is so talked about in the this, documentary so this is my issue which is like it's, it's like there it like leaving neverland is one thing because it's like you know it comes down to his word against theirs i've heard i've been hearing dylan talk about this there are two discrete incidences before this one have been a thing a cultural moment so too distinct yeah but discrete works as well d-i-s-c-r-e-t-e okay that means like individual as well oh okay i like it secret nope (laughs) (laughs) but uh but distinct is actually more specific especially if you're listening to it so good catch so to me like if you're gonna tell this story which is obviously extremely extremely intricate and complicated and like there's a lot going on like i've a and, you know, lot. And, and there's I, a lot of players in it who are adults now that can talk. You I'll, know? I'll tell you what. I talked to a legend in publishing a few years ago off the record about this. She, We were talking about it. She was like, this is the kind of story where every single time I read something about it, I'm like, that sounds true. That sounds true. And it's so many competing narratives and yeah. stuff. It's like mind twisting. Yeah. And I thought that like what this did was give me more of the side that's been told. But because of these other issues, not to mention the fact that Woody Allen is still alive, I would have thought if they did this big prestige thing, then it was going to be like, okay, so they're like doing the thing. Yeah. Or that, that Sunni would, or um, Moses, I guess they're just so over it that they don't want anything to do with it. Because obviously Woody declined an interview, but, yeah. but, but they, me, you know, they only went out to him like four weeks before they aired it. That's goofy. So, Did they really do that? Yeah. Did they really do that? Yeah. What? That's what I read. They didn't do see. that from the beginning and no. say, okay, well, we're going to push. Okay. So they basically had it made. I, I am not contesting. Which is any, why I'm sure he was like, no way. 
look, I'm not testing. I'm not contesting any abuse allegations. Like I was not there. Like nobody else was except for Dylan and Woody. Um, But I will say that uh, I found the editing to be suspicious kind of repeating too much there's a there's a montage in in the first episode where they talk about woody's fixation on dylan and it's like five minutes of like family and friends being like he was fixated he was fixated yep yep uh, oh huh and it's like okay i get it like why is this like one after another after another after another like friends of the family with their perception that lady i was just like i don't care what you have to say the teenage boyfriend's (sighs) ex-girlfriend I, you know, when they were saying stuff, I was, I talked to Dan, Una's dad about this and, um, cause we both watched it and I was like, okay, so like some of the things that they were saying were like things that like you did. And I never thought any, <sighs> a, a, a single thing about it, like watching TV in bed with our underwear, with his underwear on with Una who, and she only had like a diaper on like what? A, yeah. Like getting her to suck your thumb. So she'll shut the fuck up. Yeah. Cause like, she's looking for a pacifier and she doesn't have one and you're just like, well, suck this. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that speaks to the greater point is that it just feels padded. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm not taking issue with the allegations or whatever, the right to tell this story in yet another medium, but the filmmaking was like sloppy as hell to me. Well, you know, well, okay. So one of the things that I loved about Ronan Farrow's New Yorker story about Harvey Weinstein is that when he talks to Asia Argento, she's not, like that likable of a person. A lot of people like don't like her. Right. She's abrasive and you know, she did have sex with a teenager, you know, but he presents her in such an honest and forthcoming way. Like he's like, he raped her the first time. And then the second time she thought it was just easier to go along with it because she's a single mom and she, and he offered to pay for her kid's nanny. And it was just an easier way to deal with something traumatic. And that felt so real and nuanced. Mm-hmm to like present a whole person as being flawed and like why they did this thing in keeping with like not addressing things. You know, I was wondering, are they going to address how Mia supports uh, Roman Polanski? Roman Polanski. And does she support him still? I I was wondering that and I wanted them to address it because then they do end up using Roman Polanski as an example of people just accepting that you know his side because he was the celebrity he was the famous person and they're making a comparison between that and woody and why woody was able to go on with his career in a 2018 l magazine interview they asked if given the chance would you ever work with rosemary's baby director roman polanski considering he's guilty of sexual assault and she said it's not in the cards but i don't think i would Yet a few minutes later, when asked to name the film project she found the most creatively engaging, she tells me it was Rosemary's Baby. I will say it's wonderful working with Roman Polanski. (laughs) In 2005, she defended him in a libel trial. Uh, Mia Farrow also signed a petition in 2009 to have, or 2008, to have some sort of restriction lifted for the Oscars. Oh, right. Yes. You know. To at least take a step back and be like, isn't it kind of weird that she adopted, was it 12 kids? I think it might be 14. From a childcare perspective, just to like think about that and look at that, you know, just for like a second. It it definitely felt incomplete to me. It felt like it was engineered by Mia, probably her participation. 
you know. Didn't Ronan like sign a like development deal that was like the timer's running out on it with HBO? I don't know. Is he um is he a producer of it? I don't think so, but he could have I mean, he was talking to HBO. Huh? Like he's in the same room as HBO. It's not a coincidence that he has a contract with HBO and Yeah, and he could if he brought it to them, right. it's part it could be a part of development deal even if you didn't want credit on right, it. Right, right. It doesn't seem like it would be a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, I don't I think, you know, I don't think she would have done this at Netflix. Wait, I just want to look at this deal. Okay, Ronan Farrow signs deal with HBO. When? 2018. Okay. 3-year deal. Expired January 2021. Huh. And what what is the deal with a three year deal? Like anything he the development they deal. get like first approval? Yeah, they they get uh first refusal. First refusal. He signed an exclusive. Under the agreement, he'll develop and be featured in a series of investigative documentary specials for the network. Okay. They will focus on the abuse of power by individuals and and institutions. Have people? I mean, people must have made that connection. Have they? I don't know. I just thought that it wasn't made that well, which I was really surprised about because the woman who made it did Hunting Ground, which I really loved. But like, I, never I don't saw know. That. What, but what else did they do though? Isn't it? They did two one. People? They did one on. Um, it's Amy Ziering, right? Is that her name? Yeah. They did one on the rape in the military. Oh, on the record they oh. did as well. They oh. did on the record, the Russell Simmons doc. But we should talk about Kid 90, though, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, let's talk about Kid 90. It's a documentary on Hulu. All right, so you told me to watch this movie. Yes, it's Soleil Moon Fry, who you may know as Punky Brewster. Yeah. I, okay, so were you in a Punky Brewster when you were younger? Yes. I had the sneakers. Pigtail, she's a little bit older than we are. Yes. Like, maybe a couple... Like, what is... How old is she? I think she's, like, a few 45 years older. 45, maybe. And she just had, like, the exact life that I wanted for my entire life well, like well, she run away in and out of foster homes slay moon fry oh you're talking about slay moon fry or punky brewster oh no no no! punky brewster i always wanted to look like okay. but i wanted her life for my whole life and then seeing this yeah like i wanted it even more she hung out with every fucking hunk i ever had a crush on it's, it's like, like really everyone wild that she like had such an active social life among the a-list and and then but then when she moved to new york it was with all those skaters in the yeah, lower east side that i also like always was like trying to hang out with right. like at max fish and shit and she was like at the center of their shit she, i mean truly what she did was she always had a camera with her like in the 90s yeah, like video camera. very very early on and so she just has like footage of Brian Austin Green rapping outside of SeaWorld <laughs> and Jonathan Brandis, who I don't know. They I thought seemed, he was gay. They, they really seem to have a gay best friend relationship. They, well, she seemed like she. All right. Here's the thing about her. She also saved every letter and every card. I mean, every voicemail she ever got, every answering machine. I wish I had had that foresight to save I, uh, every answering machine tape. What like a genius? And also, and like as she's doing this, she dates Danny Boy from House of Pain at one point, yeah. and he really encourages this. He's like, "This is your art and everything," and he was totally right. Totally. Like, what's disappointing about the movie are the interviews. Kind of, uh, she she clearly didn't put any of this together. Like, she gave this to a producer. Oh, you think so? No. I she gave this uh, to a producer by her though she probably sat with somebody yeah, it says director but so, but the way that you i mean a director for a movie like this a proper director is putting is basically the editor 
almost yes, always whenever you see an I'm archival saying. movie like yes, that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but she... The sit-downs, like the interview setup were not cool. Like it was in front of a white psych instead of like, you know, uh, like in a, a room that like looked like her bedroom. Like right. that could have been cool. Yeah. And and she's she's talking and she's introspective. She is, and, and she says smart stuff sometimes. But I think the biggest problem was like at the end when she really tries to wrap up like the, you know, the goodness of sort of telling this story. There's like that aspect of it too. When it's like, look, this is like juicy as hell. You have yeah. all of these stars t- from in the '90s, totally at ease. Yeah, you know that she had like I bet like most or a lot of directing was just cutting out all of this stuff because a lot is sort of you know, implied. Leonardo DiCaprio is an EP on this. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's in it. He's, yeah. It's like fine. To, this was, that was a worthy project the, in itself. Oh, it didn't need to have like this what's crazy socially is, aware message to send you out with. It's, it's not a perfect movie, but the, the stories that she has, the footage that she has is such gold that it doesn't even matter no it doesn't it, it, it's not sh- even shitty it's n- yeah it's, it's not just, shitty it's, it's just, just not where it, it needs to be it feels like a tv show and yeah. not a movie yes it feels it like does. a long episode of something and it not does. a movie and, and the and it just this is like and such incredible footage it is such good archival and even when she because she like she interviews a lot of the people though certainly not everybody in the footage now and even when she goes back to Tulsa and like, or not even back to Tulsa, when she goes to Tulsa where Danny boy has settled, mm-hmm. like nothing happens. They just yeah. kind of like walk around. And like, I did think it was interesting that she was still all up on him. Yeah. He still did it for her. <laughs> and, but who do well, you, you know, think? She, she just filed for divorce last year. Really? Probably while they were making this. <laughs> I wish that she, cause she talked about how she was the last of her friends who was a virgin. Yeah whatever that means. And she called herself the kissing queen um, because she was with like so many hot guys who like obviously every, liked her. Every fu- Marky Mark. Oh, Mark Paul Glossier. Is that, how, how do you say his name? Glossier? Glossier. Uh, I don't know, but he, I think looks the best out of all of he the, looks great. He, I, it's no, crazy how good he looks. Steven Dorf looked good. No, Stephen Dorff is a little too wrinkly for me. Oh, I like him. I think, too, he's, like, I think he still has it. I, he's too... He's got that... He's got a good vibe. Oh, my God. I bet in Sandworn person so good. I bet he's like really charismatic. He seems charismatic. He doesn't do it for me. Oh, I think he's hot. But I, he was someone I had such a huge crush on when I was younger. Like just such a huge crush. David Arquette. David Arquette, who talks about smoking crack. David Arquette is great in this, actually. That was another thing, too, is that, like, there's, like, so much. It's like, God, you should have just done half of it, tell the full stories, and then give me a second one. Oh, no. I think that it should have been four episodes. Yeah. I think it should have been a miniseries because you know that there's just so So much much. shit they didn't use. Okay. So are you aware that the, the, the girl Shannon that they hung out with was the porn star Savannah? No. Yeah. No. Yes, they're like Shannon Wiley or whatever. The only her name one is. that that was the only like girl she hung out with that, and then she killed herself. There because was another girl that she was friends with, but she yeah. mostly Who just was it was girl? just a sausage party. Well, she okay. was friends with so many guys. They were so all so many guys, but it was also all but, guy but friends. Jenny Lewis is there acting. Oh yeah, Jenny Lewis. They were friends with exactly. I mean, like I feel like I knew Jenny Lewis. Yeah. The, the craziest thing about this is beyond her stories. It was really like what it was like to hang to out be in a the nineties in the 90s it yeah. gets it so yeah. much like jenny lewis 40s and smoking weed i i've like, like always 
that girl, I've met so many iterations of that girl <laughs> in my life, you know? That was the same thing as Crystal Fairy. That I was like, I've mm. never met anybody exactly like the Gabby Hoffman character in that movie, Enough. but I've met that girl yeah. like 20 times, you know? <laughs> um, wait, I'm looking up her name. It was Shannon Wisely, and that was Savannah. It was like, you could have wow. said that was Savannah. Yeah, why didn't they? I don't know. Like, she doesn't even... I mean, they... She, she, they show them on shrooms at one point, but they barely explain what it yeah. is. And it's kind of only in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. The weirdest thing I thought was that uh, she talks about how Charlie Sheen took her virginity. and But he but, was the, her consensual virginity. So she, yes. she talked about how she had this sexual experience with this guy. She'd never had sex with anyone before. It was a guy she had had a crush on for a long time. I have a theory about who it is. I know, but I, I rewatched it and I think that's a total leap i don't see how you got that oh okay i'll tell you okay um about why i think so yeah but they were fooling around and she thought she was she wanted to have sex with him and she was like excited about it and then when it got down to the nitty-gritty and they're about to do it she panicked and she was like no i don't want to do this and he was like what and she's like no no don't i'm i I don't i'm i want to stop and then he just like thrust his dick in her anyway right and I guess she screamed because it probably hurt. And then he pulled out and then he like got up and like went to the living room or whatever. And then he like was like, what are you going to say? I raped you now? In the journal that she read when she did lose her virginity, she said, I lost my virginity. Yeah. So that wasn't that much longer after that. She was already like reclaiming her virginity after that. Oh, she said I lost my virginity about Charlie Sheen. Oh, so she loses her virginity to Charlie Sheen. But she doesn't say that in those words. She doesn't say that in they those keep words. They showing but then, it via editing. Yeah. And so be like, I, the person that I lost my virginity yeah, to took me up, to a baseball game. And they show and they a picture, picture of them together. Them well, he's talk, He's reached out. Like, he's like spoken out since this movie came out. And what he said? He, he said like, he didn't do it. No, he said he did. He was oh. like, she's a great girl. I have such fond memories of her. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. He call, He always calls her and he's like, this is Charles. Yeah, Charles. <laughs> he doesn't say Charlie. But also, he was 29 and I'm, I'm guessing she was 17, right? At that time. She hadn't been in, she I wasn't didn't in figure college it out. yet. I meant to figure it out. Because she, she okay. moved to New York when she was 18. She was still in LA. Okay. So I was trying to figure out who was the guy that, you know, did the thrust and I don't think it was a nobody because it to what it seemed like to me is that she'd never hung out hung out with someone that wasn't famous. Oh, yeah. But there was never anyone that was not famous in all of those scenes and there's party scenes. Well, and there's kind like, of. There were definitely people who like I didn't know who they were. In the New York crowd? Um the New York like crowd people is who different. killed themselves. The, like, did you know Oh, I knew almost every single one of those people. These are all guys that were in like Tiger Beat and Teen Beat that I used to read. Like right. these were all guys who, who I had like posters of up on my wall like every guy that she hung out with also like i kind of love that like aside from the thrusting story her biggest problem was, was that her boobs were too big which is like boohoo like you had giant tits and you were so pretty and popular and you only hung out with famous guys okay so i put it on and i was like and brian was like because brian i don't know if it was during that conversation or if we had talked about punky brewster another time <laughs> i think we might have because i think we were in the kitchen at the time he was like is punky brewster like he was like, she had her own show. And I was like, yeah, the show is called Punky Brewster. And he's like, I didn't know. I thought she was part of an ensemble. It's <laughs> just, just like a weird thing to assume about Punky Brewster, whatever. But I, I put the documentary on it and I was like, um, yeah, they called her Punky Boobster. And within like five minutes, she's like, people call me Punky Boobster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the boob thing was a huge, I mean, it was 
two huge things really, but it was like a huge event in her life that, you know, the breast reduction, it was, it was part of her legend. Really. There is an amazing shot of her sticking her fingers down her throat throwing up oh and turning God. and smiling at the camera. Yeah, laughing. She's so yeah. wasted. She's <laughs> totally. like trying to force herself to puke yeah. so she can boot in her alley. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I also liked when Sarah Gilbert told her she was going to have so many hours of boring video. Not true, Sarah Gilbert. Mm-hmm. But Sarah Gilbert like said exactly like Darlene did. Oh, my God. You know? She's not a good actress. That, she just was she Darlene. She just was Darlene. Yeah. yeah. But at the end, there's a picture. There's this like... RIP section and it's literally eight people that she was close enough to to have footage of died of suicide died of suicide but okay so there's this like crazy footage where she's like so she's saying in her interview she's like I just I guess you know I didn't know the pain that my friends are going through and I you know I I just I guess I just wasn't listening and she's filming someone at a party Sean Sean Carasena he was telling her yeah, you know, my mom. I got in a fight with my mom because I told her I didn't want to live anymore, and you know, I tried to kill myself. Or I, you know, made an no. Attempt. He says everyone thinks about suicide, oh, but I really th- contemplated it. I mean, he's like really just telling her he and wants he said to kill suicide, him. and so he's literally saying this. And then her like, you know, recollection of it. She's like, I just, you know, I guess I wasn't listening. I did. I did. I had no idea. It's yeah. like okay, they're literally telling you. I know. I mean, but you know, it's possible though, because all right, this would be me. If I was just so high at that party, exactly, and I filmed him, yeah. and he was saying that, I and then I never watched the footage because she said she never watched any of it. Yeah, that she just like it's filmed been it locked and filmed away it. for twenty years. Yeah, in a giant Tupperware, yeah. she just filmed it and filmed it, and then just didn't watch it. Yeah, I mean, great idea. <laughs> a totally great idea. I'm so glad that she did that. I just I, I do wish it were like more. Oh, I also thought Jonathan Brandis's voicemail to her asking if he could come over for the holidays was like super so bleak. Sad. Oh. And then she didn't get it about him either. Yeah. But I don't know the way that he like the, his affection with her seemed like, I don't know. It seemed different. Also, Perry Farrell's in it. Perry yeah, Farrell's Perry Farrell. to, He looks like Linda Dano. Oh my God. What's up with his face? He is like, I mean, it looks like a facelift or something, right? <laughs> he is like, re- I mean, I just saw like Upper East Side, like power bitch with shoulder pads three feet high in 1987 coming from him. <laughs> <laughs> Why was she so close with him? Like, was he? I don't even. I don't. I. I How think, old is he? I think also. I don't know that she was so close with him. I think that she filmed him and then reached out to him and said, "Will you interview?" I don't know. He seemed to be really familiar they with her. Seemed, it seemed like they definitely partied together at some point. He's sixty-one. He's much older than she is. But you know, yeah, Lollapalooza was like the biggest fucking thing. Yeah. And I went to like every Lollapalooza from when I was like fourteen to seventeen. Yeah, uh, three Lollapaloozas. Okay. <laughs> no, four. It was like all every year of high school I went to Lollapalooza. She um, had fun and she, she got had herself such a good fucking life and then she married a rich producer. Yeah. She just like she did it all. You know what I loved about it? I wish I I wish she told a little bit more of her career obviously fizzling out. I mean, she talks about shooting a pilot and then not. Yeah. She didn't let that get her down. No, she not was at like, all. That's my that's my entry into the I, doorway, and I'm never gonna stop hanging out with celebrities. Like and she, she did just, it, I, and they she, liked her. I know. Like she went to New York, no friends. Yeah. Took her camera, went down to where all the hot skaters totally. were. Talked to them. Talked to them, and they were like, "It's Bunky Brewster," and yeah. they wanted to get wasted with her. And yeah. then she built a 
friendship with everyone. Yeah. Like she worked it. She did. She yeah. used and she, her, her like, brother had a weird name too, right? I remember when they know. Yeah, when they said the brother's name, I was like, these parents are hippies. I know. <laughs> and it seemed like, yeah, that was another part of it. That everyone loved hanging at her house because right. her parents were like, chill. Well, the <laughs> mom, the dad, she said it wasn't around that okay. much because the dad is um, a famous actor as well mm-hmm. who was like, I don't know, doing civil rights stuff alongside Frank Sinatra. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. I would say Kid 90s, highly recommended. Yeah, I I loved it. I actually because I, I watched it last week after we recorded, and then um, I watched it again last night to oh. brush up, and I liked it just as much, if not more, the second time. Can you do the sign off? I'm tired. Okay, she's tired. We're gonna go. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We're going to do our bonus at Patreon.com/slash/PotPsychology. I mean, we were going to do our bonus. We're just gonna stay here and do it, but we'll post it over there we are gonna do it yeah but we're not gonna do it on patreon we'll post it on patreon but um did you do the ever with the patreon and all that did i do the what saying about it oh patreon.com yeah so we're gonna talk about that on our bonus bonus called wawu patreon.com slash pot psychology i said that you did say it yeah that's what i was wondering oh said don't but I said I'm gonna misbehave I'm on a windowsill swimming in the creek catching crawdads and playing with a stick I wore lipstick and I got caught shaving just two little country, country kids outside misbehaving teacher said don't but I said it anyway misbehaving preacher said no if you do you're gonna pay misbehaving kicking and spitting and cussing out loud running through the house with a pickle in my mouth Playing in the street Look at me outside of waving Just two little kids Out there misbehaving We thought we was just Messing around Till we met that man In the thorny crown And taught us that tricks And mischief things to say Jane So from now on There's no Baby.